0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA champions league, 24 seven, the UEFA champions league channel is a new 24 hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel. Streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. What's up, everybody? This is Joey Powell, and this is the Players Lounge from Inside Carolina, brought to you by HeelsforLife.org. We're happy to be taking the show to a full 10 today because we're going to be talking with number 10, Dez Evans of the Tar Heels.
1: What's good everybody?
0: It's Dez. Dez is here with us. Dez, we appreciate you making time, man. Uh again, this is totally brought forth by the work of Heels for Life, which is the NIL collective for the University of North Carolina. If you've heard about name, image, and likeness, uh, obviously, matter of fact, if you haven't heard about name, image, and likeness right now, I don't even know what you've done with your life because it's everywhere and it's permeated all of college sports. But what Heels for Life is trying to do is take the name, image, and likeness world and bring it to UNC's football team. Bring it to those players, allow those players to benefit uh, from their name, image, and likeness and the skills that they have on the football field. Allow them to learn more about how to build themselves as a brand, as a steward of, of their own personality and of the UNC brand. But then also to, to connect them with some really good causes in the community. So we appreciate Heels for Life and what they do. If you want to be a part of Heels for Life and, and make a small contribution or a large contribution, it all matters. Um, and it all helps North Carolina continue to, to keep up with and, and surpass their peers in the NIL world. Uh, you can get to Heels, the number four, life.org, Heels for life.org. Shout out to Graham and Jacob and everybody at Heels for Life for helping to make this happen. And with that said, let's get rolling. The guy you all are here to hear right now ain't me. It's the 6'6", six, six, I don't know, looking about 270 right now. Dez Evans, uh, edge rusher from Sanford, Lee County High School. Dez, man, I, I got to ask, as as you made the switch from uh from OLB to to rush in now what, what are you what are you weighing in at when you go to the scales right now?
1: Right now I am at two seventy nine.
0: Whew, that's a lot bigger. I I remember so let's go back to when you committed to North Carolina. I remember a video of you and all of your buddies clowning in the gym there at Lee County. You had the hat on. Y'all took over the entire basketball floor, and you were far from two seventy. You might have been you might have been two ten soaking wet. How how. How has things changed or how have things changed as you went from a, a really big recruiting process to the guy that I'm talking to right now as we sit here this evening?
1: Uh, a lot of lesson learned, man. I just had to go through like a hard path to understand who I was and who I am now. So basically, just like uh, going through some things, like going from that one, going for like situation to situation, to get myself here right now. Because like during high school, like I really didn't know. The business behind, like college, like that, that, like that big old business, like trying to get you here, trying to get you there, you know. So that's why I had to learn through, how to go through, the thinking then with the business. So big, the big thing, the big takeaway from that is like this: learning lessons, just hearing people out, like after they tell you the first time, don't don't let somebody explain itself the, the, the second time.
0: So yeah. Let's go back to maybe when you weren't six six, and maybe you were two six. When did you first pick up a football? Tell us about what that experience was like, and and how you got into to being around football in general. All
1: right, all right. so look, so this this is like the first time ever. So look, so it's a gym out the street from my house, like thirty seconds. So mm-hmm. me and my uh, couple of friends walked up to the gym, stood around. There was like a coach there, you uh, know. He asked me, he was like, "How old am I?" I'm like, "I'm about like eight years old, nine. He was like, so "You want to play football?" I was like, "I mean, why not?" So. Uh, he went. I went to his office, got some papers, and he said, "Go home and tell your mom." So, like, like that minute, I was like, I was happy. I was like, so I'm about to play football. I don't really know nothing about it, but um, so I went home, told my mom, I was like, uh, "Can I play football?" And she was like, "Yeah, why not?" So luckily, I was going to the the Boys and Girls Club, and my practice was like right there next to the field. So after I leave there, I can go to practice. So that was like good. Because my mom be working and stuff, so like, boom. Um, so I think like two, three days, like after that, I signed up, went to practice. Uh, the coach was just basically like teaching me the basics, like getting down my stints, and uh, and it went off from there. I really didn't play. I didn't play defense. I was playing O line when I was like twelve or something like that. But uh, when I got bigger, yeah, I started playing a little bit of everything though. Know?
0: So was it was it love at first sight? I mean, were you a bigger kid when you were eight years old? Was it was, was it something? And I'm assuming this was in Sanford too, right? It was in Sanford. Okay, so so was it love at first sight? I mean, your first three practices were like, oh yeah, I can do this, or was it something that you kind of had to grow into, or was it something you were just enjoy doing because your friends were there? I mean, it was kind
1: of like love at first sight, cause like I don't know, it, like if you feel free on the field, or you just mm-hmm. run and you just feel free, feel like a kid. So yeah, I like playing. I like I love playing football.
0: When did you first realize that uh, I might have something here? Was it as you started kind of growing into your own body? Was it as you started kind of getting towards middle school and high school? And when did when did you realize, oh, I can do this? Mm-hmm. I can say playing AU football. When I was in, like,
1: middle school, like, seventh, eighth grade, I was playing in, like, Florida. And, like, that's all, like, good like kids. Like, they got scholarships and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. down there, and I was playing, like, wide out. I was playing D-line, wild out. I was playing a little bit of everything. And I was like, dang, I can, I can like really do this. Then when uh, I got to college, my uh, ninth grade year, I received my first offer to, uh, to Kentucky. So I was like, hey, I can do something with this. It's got so to
0: you shared something just there that I don't think we've talked about on the Players' levels before. We've talked to a lot of your teammates. Um, I don't think any of them had the recruiting profile you did, right? Uh, you know, I, I know Drake was a high profile, but, I mean, you were – the number one player in the state. Um, you were, you know, by all intents a a solid five star. Um, everybody wanted you. You mentioned getting your first offer in high school from Kentucky. Uh, where, where does does AAU football fit in with all this, right? Because we talk a lot at Carolina about AAU basketball and how much that permeates the college basketball world, but you're the first person that we've had that's mentioned to AAU football. What's what's what is what does that look like?
1: It's like it was like I was on I remember I was playing basketball like seventh grade year and eighth grade year, so like it was like it was kind of hard though because like I had to leave that I had to leave basketball practice to go all the way to Charlotte to play like AU football, mm. so it was kind of hard though. But it's like it's like a cutoff though, it's like an age limit though, so you really can't do that much.
0: So it's the same type deal where you're playing. You're are you playing good programs from all around the country, or are some of them kind of sorry, and you kind of get a big spag. like. What what was it like? What was the level of competition? Whoa. Who were you going up against?
1: Um, all right. So look, so look. The team I played for for in Charlotte it was called the LBU. So um, it was like all kids from different places that had scholarships, like four stars. Well, I didn't want four stars, but like there was about to be something in high school. So sure, um, and um, it's crazy because um, that's where I met said at too though, but I didn't know who said was at the time though. So me and Say were just playing on the football team, traveling, going like Florida, like different places like um, Ohio or something like that. Like, it, was, it was just like travel basketball, though.
0: So yeah. So you met uh, you met a guy like Cedric Gray. Uh, again, Cedric had a different path than you did to North Carolina. Tell me what it was like to be a kid who had all of the eyes, all of the accolades, um, you know, Parade All-American, uh, Under Armour All-American game. You had a lot of people paying attention to you from a very early age. What was that process like? Was it overwhelming? Was it something that you felt like you just kind of vibed with? Help us understand what it's like for a kid that at that time was probably 15, 16 years old and everybody wants you to come play for I mean,
1: I think I had like a level head as a kid. I really didn't want to be in a spotlight that much. So I think that really helped me out that much too, though. So I was like, I was very home about it. And um, I also had a teammate um, Jameer, he went to Notre Dame running back that was uh, highly recruited to at a young age, so they used to record him walking through the hallways and stuff like that, so I, th- I just thought it was normal, you know, so I really didn't pay
0: no mind. I just had a stay humble focus on the bigger picture. What was the closest mo- moment you had to to losing that humility and coming out of that stay humble mindset in your recruiting process? Was there Was there something along the way where somebody really got your attention or or somebody really kind of stood out to you you know it could be it could be north carolina related it could be another school but what what in the recruiting process was was something that kind of stopped you down your tracks um i can just basically say like seeing people who it really is though um,
1: mm. yeah good and bad yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah i think that's the that's the dirty underbelly that a lot of people know about but but you know, like one percent of people have experienced and that's that's like, you Um, let's go back to your connection with a guy like Cedric, uh, you know, when, when you guys first played, uh, in your Charlotte AAU football days, what was, what was he like to play with? And then what is he like now to play with and what is, what is your dynamic as, as two guys who are now trying to help each other, uh, for the same outcome and for the same common goal?
1: Well, when we was young, I really didn't know Sid though. I didn't know that was Cedric, you know. So I really didn't pay that much attention. But playing with Sid now, though, like I just, I can just tell, like he's a very, a passionate guy. Like he really, like anything he put his mind to, he gonna, he gonna get it done. So and um, you, on the field, that's that's great. That's that you don't got a second guess of if he gonna show up or not. So that's a good guy, going about battle with.
0: So I mentioned that you. You had your big moment where you made your commitment to North Carolina. Uh, I know Tar Heel fans throughout this state were, were very much excited about that. I know you were excited to stay close to home. You were excited to rep the Carolina Blue. You make that commitment, you sign, and then you get to campus. What was your first official welcome to college moment where you realized, oh, I'm just another player here. I'm not. I'm not the the big dog, you know, on the porch that I used to be. There's a lot of other really good talent around me. Where, what was that moment for you? Uh,
1: I'm a competitor, so like I was going. I was coming in when um, to mine and Chris and um, and Hot was here though. So like, I was just gonna compete with them. So I think it was in the summer we was like doing suicides, and I was just I was talking. I was just talking Smack to Chris <laughs> and Hop. I was like, yeah, I'm about to dust y'all. I'm about to dust y'all. So. Just running with them and knowing that they can keep up with me, too. So, like, I was like, oh, yeah, it's real. Dude. I got to start with my game.
0: I think one of the things that we've asked some guys, and I'm trying to remember, I think Ruck was the first one that was really – you talked about being humble earlier. Uh, Rucker was really honest about getting earholed by uh, Q Johnson in, in, in a in an uh, inside drill one day. Did you ever have a moment like that where somebody's just completely either either blindsided you or just – just had you, and you were you were not expecting it whatsoever. A
1: couple, a couple times, though. I think a couple of times, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really get got that much. I don't, See, don't try yeah. to. I don't try to.
0: I ain't gonna um, lie. I'm not gonna blow you up. I don't, I don't want you to. You don't have to put anybody <laughs> else out there or or make yourself make yourself look a little vulnerable. I understand. So you get to campus. What was what was that transition like for you? Because I don't know how many people have ever been to to Sanford, North Carolina. I used to drive through it all the time. Uh, nearly died in Sanford, but that's another story for another day. But what was the transition like from, from Lee County and, and Sanford to Chapel Hill and, and getting on campus here?
1: Um, the first thing I, I got to say is, like, interact with other people. Like, go, like being from Sanford, it's the country. So, like, you know everybody there. You really don't got to meet new faces that much. So going out, talking to people is one of my biggest things.
0: That's, that's what I'm working on right now as well, too. So, yeah. Hey, good on you for for being willing to do something like this. There's a, there's a lot of players that would much rather uh, never step behind a podium, never step onto a podcast, uh, never take a mic in front of them. So, yeah, you're obviously growing a little bit there. When you got to campus, what was, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make? Because a lot of people – Tommy, uh, my, you know one of my colleagues here at Inside Carolina, does a really good job of saying this, that you guys are just the same as other college students. You're just really, really good at something. Right. You just have a a really different skill and it happens to be football. What was the biggest adjustment for you um, coming in? Was it was it the schedule? Was it was it lifting? Was it having everything so planned out and so rigorous for you? What was the biggest adjustment you had to make personally? Yeah, I can basically say
1: is like having everything planned out and um, in school as well, too, because in high school, you don't have you really don't school work that much like they have a couple of assignments for you but like you finish that at school sure and uh, so and um coming to high, coming to college you just you got tutoring at like seven or six like two like well freshman year we have two tutor sessions um in a week so like you got one at six and then you have one at seven and like i want not to that like school ain't hard but like once you add like like other stuff to our schedule after we got like football as well. It's, it's kind of like tough, but it's, it's just easy to mention when you like put your mind to it.
0: So you got to play a little bit as a freshman. Uh, what was that? What was that first game like for you? You know, again, what people don't think about is being a, a, a hometown kid. I, I know Stanford, I know Stanford's an hour away, but you're pretty much a hometown kid. You're a homegrown kid. You're, you're playing in front of what for most would be a home crowd. What was it like first time you ran out with a jersey on or ran out the tunnel, the first time you got to, to step in on a play uh, as a freshman?
1: It felt good. Like, it really did. Like, running out, knowing that my mom and my dad can, like, show up at any time, be there, and represent me. Well, I'm representing them, and they showing up for me. It's, uh, it's a big
0: thing, and I'm grateful
1: for that as well.
0: What was the first thing? You're, you're, I know you're a big family guy. What was the first thing your parents said to you after your first game? I'm so proud of you. That's what they say. So is my mom. Yeah, and my dad, too. So for the folks that aren't watching this that might be listening via podcast, if y'all could have seen the million-dollar grin Des just gave us when he talked about his parents, tell him how proud they were of him. That's, uh, that's, that's worth its weight in gold. So you're, you're, you're playing as a freshman. I think you, know, you guys are trying to evolve as a defense, and now all of a sudden you get a new defensive coordinator going into last season. What's that like? I mean, you know, you originally a guy, and I mentioned it earlier, but you originally a guy that was playing outside linebacker, always standing up, and now they moved you to where, you know, sometimes you're standing up, sometimes you got your hand on the ground, yeah. You know, but your main goal is to kind of see quarterback hit quarterback. What what were those changes like for you, and and how have you been able to adapt going from from Jay Bateman to Coach Chiswick?
1: I feel like my first two years was like a a learning learning um years. So even though like I really wasn't doing a lot of production on the field but it was uh, it was helped me on the back end to learn like different coverages and learning where the my help is at. so basically it was it was helpful and um going to Chiz defense is where, where i was like where i'm most comfortable at so rushing the quarterback isn't isn't that hard it's just going down and doing the plays and getting everything situated
0: would you rather chase down a quarterback for a sack, or would you rather tee off and, and uh, knock a running back's mouthpiece out? Both. No. <laughs> hey, you can be greedy on the show, man. I like that. I like the fact you didn't even hesitate with it either. Um, so I think one of the things that, that is unique about you, and, and Jason Staples is, is one of our analysts here for Inside Carolina. Um, he played at Florida State. He does a really good job of breaking down guys' measurables. And I think, and I'm going to mess up this quote here, but he basically said, if you could build a prototypical uh, defensive end for North Carolina, a pass rushing end for North Carolina, it would look like Des Evans. You know, talking about basically you've got the exact build, the exact frame, all that stuff. What do you think is the next step for you besides the physical measurables to kind of get you to that, that next level in your game? What is it that you feel like you're lacking or what is the, what is the thing that you want to improve upon the most?
1: My explosive, my power, uh, off the ball, uh, I feel like that would be the biggest help for me right now.
0: What, is it, what does it look like when you're working on your explosivity and you're, you're, you're getting off the ball? I think that was something that a lot of players talked about last year was that they didn't feel like you guys collectively had enough get-off at the snap, right? So if that's something you're working on, help our listeners and our viewers understand what, what do you do, in whether it's the weight room or whether it's in conditioning or, or whether it's in drills, what types of things are you doing to improve you know, your get-off? You should work with a lot of man
1: balls, squat man balls, like explosion work, uh, shuffling back and forth with the man balls as well. A lot of band work, have somebody have a band on your hip and you leaning over and you just running fast as you can have some tension to you, and that will help you with your explosion.
0: Hmm. So, you know, I'm learning something every day. I hope the I hope the folks that are tuning in are picking up something too. What's your favorite move? I always, I always like to talk to D-Lyman about, you know, what's your favorite move? Are you – are you a bull rush? Are You a swim guy? Are you just a, a straight speed rush guy? What's What's your if right now, Coach Chisick calls a play, or you know your your D line coach, Tim, Coach Cross says to you, "Hey, this is this is your move here." What What is it that you want to go to? What What are you drawing up for yourself? Go to right now will be a go a speed ghost. Okay, explain that to everybody.
1: So, actually, you just – well, basically, you just running as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. And as soon as an old lineman throw his hands or lift his hands up, you're going to duck low, like lower than his hand under him, and you're going to turn the corner.
0: So, dropping a little shoulder, trying to use your your bend and your athleticism to get around what you hope is, 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 his, is his lack of speed, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me what your favorite play in your career so far has been and why. Mm-hmm. Dang, that's a good one. Uh, dang, it's a lot though. It's a lot. All right. And start it. You know, start us from the snap too. Like, don't leave anything out. If if you saw a a fat lady on the second row standing up shooting a bird at 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 North Carolina, for, you know, players, or if you saw a guy over there yelling at you about, hey, go get that. Like, just give us everything that you remember about that play.
1: Mm. Okay, okay, I got a good one. I got a good one. It's what it said. It's what it said too. So look. Uh, We was playing Duke, and uh, it was a close game. It was a close game. Like it was, it was almost about to win. It was right when uh, the quarterback he did some crazy. He did something crazy. Like it was like a quarterback keeper or something like that. And he came through like the hole. He came through like the B gap, kind of. And a lot of the old line, his old line came and like stopped. So I'm like, I'm running. I'm like, okay, bet. So it's three, it's three Carolina players right there or four coming down.
0: You smelled something funny, didn't you? Like you, you sniffed out someone right, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm like, hold on, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> they, they gonna make the tackle, but I'm
1: you know, I mean, I'm still hustling to the ball. I don't know what he did. Like the quarterback did like a little hop step, ran for like about 20 yards. He got down that one one yard line. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, man, what? The, Okay. All right, bet. Let's get back on deep right quick. Boom. Then uh we stopped him. I think we stopped him or something like that. Or we came into the saw line. I was like, Say, I don't feel you on the field right now. I don't feel you. Then said was like, What you mean? Like, what? <laughs> and the next play, quarterback, he ran to the he ran to the boundary side. He ran. And I see said coming out of nowhere. Boom. Flipped him. I was like, whew, okay, okay, okay. That's what I like right there. That's what I like. So after that, I, that play was just like it was just funny because like I just egged him ball and he just did something great, boom,
0: right there. And he did he remind you casually that yes, I'm still here. Yes, I'm still I'm yeah. still cleaning up behind you.
1: Yeah, he did. He did, he did. That, that was that was one of the best plays though.
0: So we talked to we talked to Miles Murphy recently, and uh, he talks about you know even when he's eating a double team, which he gets double teamed a lot. Uh, even when he's eating a double team. If that allows for his linebackers or somebody else beside him to make the tackle, he's happy. Would you rather uh, would you rather make the tackle? And again, I realize it's different positions, but would you rather make the tackle or would you rather play assignment ball and let somebody like said or or a power, one of your other guys behind you clean up?
1: I'll say assignment ball. Cause at the end of the day, you're gonna eat well, you're gonna eat as well. So I say assignment ball.
0: That's a team mindset. So moving into this season, you know, I I I think one of the themes that we've heard. From you guys, and we're talking with Desmond Evans. Des is is uh, number 10 outside rusher for UNC football on the defensive side of the ball. This is the Heels for Life Players Lounge brought to you by Heels for Life. That's UNC's NIL football collective. Be sure to check them out at Heels Number Four Life.org. Des I think one of the things that we've heard from your teammates from last year is you guys just didn't finish the way you wanted to. You had a lot of momentum, things were going really, really well. Um, defense wasn't playing the way you guys wanted to and felt that you could play. And then all of a sudden, kind of the wheels came off at the end of the year. You, unfortunately, kind of had to to sit back and watch because you experienced a really a really rough injury. What was it like watching your teammates kind of struggle and see the momentum and the air come out of the balloon and not be able to do anything about it?
1: It was kind of hard. I'm not going to lie because, like, uh, I had a surgery on Friday and um, that was about to play. Uh, I think let me see. Did uh, you heard of the pit game, right? Yeah, I got hurt in the pit game, so I think he was gonna play like VT or I think no, Auburn, no, 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 Virginia. That's the game, They was gonna yeah. play Virginia. And um, I was just sitting back watching, I was like, dang, I just wish I was out there with my boys helping them out and everything, and just cleaning up the you know the messes and stuff like that,
0: making What's sure we so- are on the same page. So... You always hear about, you know, coaches always talk about they want veteran players like you and, and like a guy like British Brooks to be able to be coaches on the field when they're they're unable to play. How hard is it to transition into that? Because you're a competitor. You want to be out there. You want to take every snap. You want to make every hit. You want to make every play. Now, all of a sudden, because of some things that are out of your control, you know, you're you in a boot with, with crutches, in a cast, whatever, and you're having to watch your guys. What What were you able to contribute on the sideline either in practice or in a game? To kind of help your teammates.
1: Uh, energy as well, energy to the people and uh, I just a voice though. Cause like even though I'm not out there, I can still voice my opinion and make sure everybody right.
0: What do you what are some things you might say in a in a drill and practice or or in a game to kind of to keep your guys dialed in?
1: Make sure you finish every rep, basically. That's all I say. And give effort, finish. Cause if you don't finish, you're not helping your person beside you, your team beside you. When were
0: you – when did you feel like you were able to kind of turn the page on your injury last season and, and start looking towards getting back and when you were able to start kind of thinking about, all right, what is 23 going to look like?
1: I was going um, like right when I got hurt, basically.
0: Really? Right when, I, right when I got hurt,
1: I was like, yeah, all right, I'm about to put a little plan out, make sure I'm healthy and stuff like that. Stay good.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've kind of got to take some – you, there's kind of gotta be a little bit of suspension of, of disbelief and kind of putting reality on pause to get your mind right, doesn't it? You know, you've gotta you gotta be able to plug your head in and just get down and start doing what you gotta take to get back.
1: Now you do, but you can't you can't dwell in the past that much though. I'll try not to.
0: What was what were some things or some conversations you had with some of your teammates that were also dealing with injury? I mean, you know, your your compadre, Noah Taylor, who you guys play the same position. You guys were absolutely really doing well, kind of playing off of each other and working with each other last year. He goes down roughly about the same time of the season. What are those conversations you were having with guys like Noah or other players that were that were dealing with some injuries? How, how were you guys able to kind of rally around each other? Uh, just coming together, just
1: checking on everybody at night, making sure you're good, going out to the rehab. So basically that, going to rehab, checking on people. Subscribe to Point Forward the podcast so you don't miss a thing.
0: What's the hardest part about not being able to play? I say,
1: dang, not being there on the field, really on the field. You know, not being there. I don't yeah. know. That's alright. Like, it's like, different um, for everybody. Yeah, because like my teammate, he said it he like, he he called me um, I think what he be calling me. I want to say the wrong name. It's all right. Oh, yeah. He'd be calling me Avatar. So. Avatar. All right. Yeah, he would go with Avatar. Like, Where does that come from? Just, just because I'm so tall. He's not, he not that tall. I would be tall to him, though. So, yeah.
0: All right. Fair enough. So, yeah. at, after last season, you know, we talked about that. you guys didn't have the the end of the season that you wanted. Uh, you mentioned a second ago trying to finish every rep, finish every play. Um Coach Brown made some changes. Uh, you guys have some some new faces around that defensive side of the ball, specifically a guy like uh, Ted Monachino and, and Cam Spence. And and we talked to uh we talked to to, to Murph about this a little bit. But uh, what have those guys brought into the room that maybe has helped you personally?
1: Experience. They got a lot of experience in the room. Um, they just know football. They know how to get to the edge quicker the pass rush and that's and that's what's basically working on this year we're gonna to get to the posture this year
0: has that changed how you guys condition at all i mean when you're talking about you know getting getting pressure on the quarterback and again that's a theme that that we've heard from from coach chiswick from your teammates from coach brown are are there things that you guys work on individually that helps kind of maybe work some of that fast twitch stuff or, or get you a little a little more burst you mentioned earlier like some of your things with your get off are there other things that you guys are working on in conditioning that that might contribute to, to more getting to the passer, or is it all schematic stuff?
1: It's, it's very simple. It's just like your stance, the way you sit in your stance, if your butt too high or too low, if your feet too narrow or not narrow at all. Like, you know, it just you just need to be ready at all times. So, like, if you, like, on a run, you know the the offense about to run. So you need to be in, like, a more space – stance then you can be like in the pass rush so that's what we're working on this this all season in the summer so so we can get off like quicker
0: you feel like you've learned a lot of things since uh since last season ended or at least since your injury yes since um they made that change i learned a lot what's what's something you feel like the first chance you get when you guys take the field against south carolina what's what's something you feel like oh i've got this in my bag now i can absolutely use it in the first game
1: uh, pass rush, pass yeah. rush was like, um, I can say Cam worked with us about every day. Uh, even though we had a break and I went work with him a couple of days out the week, and he would we just work your hands, flip flipping the rope, uh, flipping the hip, and make sure like it's all moving at the same time.
0: Do you feel like you're, uh, I don't want to say more athletic because you came in as, as one of the highest-rated athletic recruits of your class, but do you feel like you've you've gotten more athletic or, or more quick um since you've been at UNC and maybe even in the last couple of months?
1: Yeah, I'd say more agile though.
0: I could see that. I mean, especially when you're talking about hip movement and, and different things that you're doing uh within your technique. So let's move on to to this season. What do you expect out of your guys, man? What do you expect to, if if you're telling yeah, you say you walk into the the old soda shop there in 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 Sanford, right? You walk in and and everybody's sitting around. Hey, look, it's Dez. We remember him when he played at Lee County, and they're all Tar Heel fans. What are you going to tell them? The one thing that they can expect to see differently this year is
1: I don't like really I don't like really doing that. But we're just going to finish, like I just said, we're going to finish
0: like last year. We didn't finish that well, but this year we're going to finish, and that's all I got to say. What's, so then that can mean a couple of different things, right? Like you guys want to finish the season. You want to finish individual games. You want to finish plays. How, do, how can you guys as individual players take that mindset and apply it so that it shows up in a game? What, do you got, what, are, the, what are some little nuances that maybe you guys are working on in, in practice or in the weight room or in the film room that, that will help you be able to finish?
1: For number one, you can't take no day off. You you can't say you can't say, Oh, I'm tired, I don't feel I don't feel well. You feel me? Like we can't we can't have nothing like that. This is a grown man sport. Only men play this sport. So you gotta come with this with the, the utmost respect for the game. That's why a lot of old people be like, you gotta respect the game. So if you, if you don't wanna if you don't wanna play football and man up and do what you signed up for, you might might as well don't wanna do it. So that's my
0: take on it. You keep talking. That that dog's starting to come out of you. I appreciate it. I, I'm sure that our listeners are going to start to pick up on that a little bit too. Um, so, I, I think the biggest thing that a lot of people are, are circling about this season is that a lot of people expect it to be Drake May's last season in Chapel Hill. You guys play against Drake every day in practice, you see a Heisman candidate every day in practice. What's the one thing you've seen Drake do where you're just like, all right, I want to quit football? <sighs> All right, I think it's I think it's called post corner. So mm-hmm. bro, the
1: post corner be like somebody they be on him for sure, but he still get it there. I'm like oh, man. for real. For real. <laughs> like, and like you you got uh um, you got Mac Brown on the speaker, touchdown, first down. You, so like you like dang like Mac Mac hyping him up. So we gotta <laughs> got get him back. We gotta get him back. You feel me? So like we gotta get him.
0: That's uh, Miles Murphy told a story about he was a, a kind of similar to that. Like he was just he was tired of Drake talking junk and tired of Drake doing stuff. He's like, man, look, if I get a chance, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm going to hit whoever's next. And that's. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I remember that day. I do. <laughs> so what's let's move on to some some non football stuff. Right. Let's talk about about Des the guy. You know, I think something a lot of folks might not know about you. You're you're in the JOMC school at UNC you've got a little bit of an affinity for graphic design. Tell us about the designer Des. You know, I mean, you can't spell designer without Des. What's 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 Des the designer like? Cool, laid back
1: guy, you know. I'll be pulling some fits together here and now. But um, but mainly, though, I'm going to start my business out brand owner, brand clothing owner, basically. And uh,
0: I've just been doing that, selling some T-shirts here and there to the teammates. Okay, I'm going to give you a free plug. Where can – if if somebody wants to find some official Dez Gear, where where can they find it? What's the what's the website or what's the, the social media where they can they can find some of your stuff? Go follow
1: Antoine
0: Sofala on Instagram right now.
1: And you All right. DM DM me right there, then I'll get you out send it to you.
0: There we go. Uh so, so Des, what what's what does designing do for you? Is it is it a good out for you when you're off the field? Because I, I'm looking at a guy right now that's again big dude loves to play hard, loves to rush the passer, plays one of the most physical positions on the field, and then graphic design is like the opposite. Graphic design, you're fully introverted. You're fully immersing yourself into creation of something. What's What does that do for you? How How is it that you just kind of found yourself enjoying that so much?
1: Um,
0: I like to be by myself sometimes, though. Like, I
1: don't know. I'm a chill person, so, like, Drawing it just it takes time though so like it just give me some time to be by myself meditate like take the things that's in my head like put it on this little screen and, and do stuff like that you know.
0: Uh, you got any tattoos? Have you designed any of your own?
1: No, I have not designed any of my
0: tattoos,
1: but I do have some tattoos. So.
0: All right. So, have you designed a logo for yourself? Oh, I have. So, so what is? What's, some, what's another logo that you've seen out in the world? You're like, oh, that's, that's sharp. I like that. Or what's, what are some other like, memorable logos that you've seen? Because, again, one of the things about NIL is it's allowed players like yourself to kind of show off these other skills and allow you to, to polish these other skill sets that you might be able to use in, in, in the world after football. But I also think that, that athletes in general have done a really good job of creating their own brand. You look at Tom Brady's with the TB12. Um, you look at, you know, what a lot of other athletes have done with, with their own logo or whatever. Tell me about the, the Dez Evans logo or w- what's it like? What's the Dez Evans brand about?
1: So, basically, on um, my own note, it's it's called unknown. And, like, it's for the people that's out there that, like, really does not have been, like, got a voice for real and haven't been seen, but really like have done that work under the rug. And it's just for them to, to represent them, like, unknown, like, my work is unknown. Nobody can't compare it to me. Nobody can't be similar or nothing because what I do is different than other other people. And um, the logo is basically an X. And, um and the row numeral is the X equals to ten. So, uh-huh. and, and X is also mean unknown too. So,
0: so all yeah. right. So you got a couple of different meanings working there. I like it. Yeah. And I asked, but I kind of st- I stepped on my own question there. Do, what other logos have you seen out there that you really like that you're like, oh, I, I can get with that
1: mm I say the off-white logo. It's simple. A okay. lot of people be trying to put a lot of things with stuff, but off-white is off-white. Like it's a, it don't make sense, but it's off white.
0: All right. Um yeah. tell me about about your family. I think, you know, you talked earlier about what it meant for your parents to be able to see you play ball and what it meant to stay close to home so that the folks that have been so important to you and developing you into the, the person you are today can still be a part of your football career, tell me a bit a little bit about why what your family means to you and and how they help shape you into to the person that everybody's hearing from right now
1: so at a very young age, like my mom and my dad really didn't have that much and like being only like twenty years apart from my parents, like I can see their growth and I can see what they've been through for me to never make that same mistake because like I already seen it already, so like like it'd be stupidity for me to make that mistake again and i already seen it that happened already so learn learn it from them basically and then um, for them to stay on me at all times when even when i was young tell me the right thing to do and not so like my parents really gave me like choices though like you can do this or you can do that you know so i'll try to do the right thing
0: so everybody's got kind of this inner monologue right you know you've always got your gut or your heart or whatever you want to call it that, that's telling you what to do. And sometimes that voice is from other people in your life. What is, what is either your mom or your dad's voice, when you hear it, what does it say?
1: <sighs> All right. <laughs> nah, it's, put, it's, it's putting my parents on the spot, but um, like, I'm about to do it. I got you, I got you. So look, this is my mom. She'll be like, my mom is like soft-spoken and stuff like that. So it's funny. So um, she'll be like, she's like this. she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. She like, uh, is, are you, are you doing okay in school? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm doing good. She like, all right, well, don't be down because anything you put your mind to, you can do it. I'm like, I'm like, all right, Mom, I'm already knowing. I got you. I got you. Then, um, then my dad, my dad be like, uh, my dad cool. So like, he really don't be on me that much. He just, he just like, he know who he know who I am and uh he know if I'm going to make the right uh, right decisions and stuff. So he just talked to me, he gave me his like uh advice or he just make a statement and like it goes from there. You know, you know how Dags is they don't really be honest from
0: Oh man, look, I, I I am fully I'm fully in that space of my life where I yeah. still I've still got a dad thankfully and I've got yeah. kids of my own, so I'm I'm playing both sides of the fence, man. You don't you don't want my side of that. Um <laughs> So, what what is the voice inside of you when you need to find motivation? Where does it come from? What does that voice say? Or where where are you getting your inner motivation? What's the What's the mantra that runs through your head when you close your eyes before you know before the ball is getting ready to get snapped or, or say this is like a fourth down and, and game situation? Like where where are you getting motivation from, and, and what does that motivation sound like?
1: All right, so look, I be in my head, so it's be like
0: I look at my teammates, I look at the sideline,
1: get to play. I'm like, it's up to you, if you want to change your life. Like, I just be imagining things that I want in my head, and uh, if, if I don't go full throttle at it, I'm not gonna get it. So it just in my head, all the
0: time. What do you like, tell your What do you tell yourself when you get it? What do you tell yourself when you don't? When I don't, you gotta try again.
1: Mm. Because like, my mom, uh, right now she a nurse. She like an RN but love it my mom she's been going to school for a long time to to, to get what she wanted. so like even though it took her a long time but she still got it because she, she kept trying and that's like that's a lesson learned right there because hey everybody fall but are you gonna get back up you feel me so yeah it's a it's a choice at the end that day
0: that's a hell of an example man and uh, i'm good on her for for staying on the grind like that, but also good on you for recognizing that as as a, as a, a bit of motivation for you. All right, I've you've you've placated me here. You, you allowed me to play Doctor Phil a little bit. And we got a little serious. Let's have some fun. Right. What's uh, if if somebody gives Des the uh, the auxiliary cable in the locker room before before a game? What are we gonna hear? You gonna look, you gonna hear a lot of rap and hip hop. So who, um, who, who 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 we, who we listen
1: to? Oh, man. All right. We're going to listen to some some Golden Boy. Shout out okay. to Golden Boy. But, yeah, we're going to listen to some Golden Boy. He from Florida. We're going to listen to that. We're going to listen to some Baby Smooth. Let me put some Baby Smooth on a little playlist. Uh, who else? Who else? We'll put some Money Bad, yo, on there. Money
0: Bad. Hmm.
1: Um, What's some chill stuff we can listen See, to?
0: See, money money bag I've heard of. The other ones, I got nothing. Like if you would have said if you would have said Meek Mill or <laughs> Herbo or you know um any of those guys I would have gotten with. And, and I got I, I can I can go with you on money bag. The other two I got nothing. I'm showing my age right now and I'm okay with it. What else? Mm-hmm. What's what's some more what's some more laid back stuff if, if, if you're just trying to if you're just trying to vibe pregame, what else are you listen to? I'm trying
1: to uh, I might listen to some like some old stuff like some Drake, some uh...
0: Little Wayne, maybe. Wait, Not- wait, 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 Did you just say Drake is old stuff now? He's <laughs> old. <laughs> oh my god!
1: Okay. I was born in two thousand two, bro. Oh. Like oh, that was Drake- a year
0: after. That's a year after I graduated Carolina. You are crushing my soul right now, but it's, it's okay. This is your show. Well, Yeah, Drake old though. If anybody want to argue with that, Drake old. You know? I. I can't argue with it. It's just, it's a, it's a harsh realization for a guy in his forties hearing, hearing a young, a young buck, just, just such as yourself, call him old, but I can, I can recognize that times are changing. So that's what you're going to play on the auxiliary. What are you doing outside of football? You mentioned the, you know, you mentioned the graphic design thing. If you've got a free day and, and everybody says, all right, Des, no homework, no schoolwork, no other obligations. You got a free day. What are you doing? All right.
1: I might draw some designs out. I'm gonna do that for sure. Um, then I might go home, go see some family, uh chill, just you know, relax. Where is he some just enjoy the day, you know?
0: You mentioned uh you mentioned Taman a little bit earlier, and I know he had some graphic design uh affinity too. Did you guys ever collaborate on anything did you guys ever work on anything together?
1: No, he didn't, but I always seen him draw on a pad though. But like uh, he he really encouraged me to um to draw something for the team as well too though because he did a patch last well not yep. last but like a couple of years before that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, so is that something we might see or Are you knocking on coach's door and saying, Hey coach, let me put a patch on the uniforms. No, nah, I'm gonna do something better though. I'll make I'll make a shirt. All right. I'm shirt together. Hey, uh, well look, you you uh you start putting shirts out there, and if one ends up around the inside Carolina staff, I'm sure you will see it. More during our our pregame show uh, in the bowls lot before any of the home game kickoffs. Um, we've talked a little bit about about stuff that you enjoy doing. What's what has what is the NIL world meant to you? Because that's the type of thing that just showed up after you got to Carolina. What what is what does NIL mean to to Des Evans? NIL.
1: I mean, I really don't really focus on that because like. If anything, like if you deserve anything, it's gonna come your way no matter what. No matter how hard you get it, it's gonna come your way. But it's just another way for you to financially, you know, be stable and stuff like that. So but here's for life is kind of different. Like, um, we helping kids and that's what I love doing. I even do that with my mentor. And uh, we just be going out and um uh, like Helping the homeless, making sure they have toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, or anything. Like I've been, I've been doing that since I was in um in high school. So, like I'm so I'm so glad that they came out with table and the Hills for Life can back everything up. So like I'm I'm glad. Like this was like this was what I really wanted to do for real,
0: helping kids what, be. What are some things that that you've been able to experience, or what's something that maybe? You've learned from working with with some of these nonprofits that you didn't know beforehand. Showing up
1: means a lot to kids. That's mm. that's that's what, I, that's what I like. I learn because like anybody can donate money, but if they don't know who it's coming from, it really don't mean that much. You feel me? So showing up, showing the face, showing that you care means a lot.
0: Well, you know what. That's a hell of a way to go out. Des, I appreciate you showing up today. I know Tar Heel fans and Inside Carolina subscribers appreciate you showing up for the Heels uh, for for 12 Saturdays, hopefully up to 14 Saturdays in the fall. Uh, Man, I just can't say enough about how much I appreciate you opening up to us and and be willing to share some time with us today on the Players Lounge. Uh, You got any parting shots you want to leave everybody with before we get out of here? Oh, yeah.
1: Make sure you go follow Antoine Soulfly on Instagram and – the shirt's right there on the page, and, and hey, you can see what it is.
0: There you go. Guys, that's Des Evans, number 10 in your programs, number one in your hearts. Des, Lee County's got to be proud of you. I'm sure your mom and dad are. They tell you so, but hopefully they'll enjoy uh, hearing from their baby boy on, on this here podcast. And that's been Des Evans on the Players Lounge brought to you by Heels for Life. Again, heelsforlife.org, heels, the number four, life.org they're the ones that are responsible for working with us here at Inside Carolina to bring you these awesome interviews and a look inside the locker room to hear what, what these individual players are about and what these guys are about and what makes them tick. And so we appreciate them making that happen. And until next time, I'm Joey Powell. And for Des Evans, we'll talk to you next time here on InsideCarolina.com.